0: Hello and welcome to The Lavender Menace. My name is Renaissance Marie, one of your co-hosts. I am a working bitch, not on her thought shit yet, trying desperately, but capitalism is keeping me down and um, terminally tired to the point where what's the one book title like my year and rest
1: and solitude and blah 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 that everyday gay person you screams are about? messing that shit up because i made a tweet about this i said i know it's it's, it's my year of rest and relaxation by otessa moshbag
0: yeah i need that um and uh uh yeah <laughs> that's my introduction i'm so tired
1: yeah I'm Sunny. I'm your other co-host, and I also have the right to be tired because I'm also in my employed mm-hmm. era, and it is twelve forty-one a.m. <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, is that I'm a Cancer Sun Capricorn man, meaning I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm <laughs> etc. <cetera>, right? So <laughs> we're pushing through. We really are, guys.
0: We're doing this for you because one so because tired. of how busy we both are currently we have like this is probably the least that we've talked between episodes
1: yeah so there's that for traveling reasons
0: yeah it's just like the one sunny has been traveling and is also now in their employment era and two i'm in my employment era and i live in a place where it is mandatory to drive and so my screen time like my phone is like my screen time has been cut so much because not just because I've been working but because like I have to drive myself everywhere like I'm driving probably a total of like two and a half to three hours every day which means that that's time not on my phone on top of working sleeping everything else yeah anyways not to use this platform as a way to complain about complain about our lives Yeah. yeah um but that's just some context because uh if
1: we're tired and yeah it's visibly well audibly clear and we have reasons also i'm tired exactly. because i've entered my fourth era my fourth season of cancellation today i will, <laughs> I, will I haven't been on open- twitter enough to Keep no, track. it wasn't even. It wasn't even a Twitter thing. I like opened my TikTok because I made like a joke. T- well, no, I made a joke TikTok about my superiority complex as an actual communist and not someone who just like thinks I am because I like Bernie Sanders or whatever. And I, I I saw that original TikTok. Did I? Did yeah, you yeah, see yeah. that I liked it or did I like it? Yeah, you did like it. Um, yeah. And it's funny because all the replies are people being so fucking mad, which I predicted, which is why I said I'm not like y'all. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I, I saw
0: <laughs> it and I, well, the minute I saw it, I almost, okay, I'm a good friend, so I liked it. But the moment I saw it, I'm like, this is going to, this is going to. Bite back so hard! <laughs> I like I like I knew it, and then I opened the comment, and I was like, I know this is. There's just gonna be so much shit, and I think like you had a pinned comment, and there's like someone else who was like, who was it? But I knew that if I scrolled any further, oh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it'd be yeah. not good. And you're right, you're good. right,
1: because like I've already deleted so many and blocked so many people, and it's like you know what I mean. Like I'm so. This, it, every time someone gets mad, it feels, it fuels my superiority complex. Because the, it just. <laughs> yeah, that's healthy. Um, I think the
0: other. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, it, like every era of your cancellation is a lot of people thinking that you can single handedly oppress other people or that, like, yeah, or like put, like, they, they for some reason any opinion that you have that non-oomphs find yeah. think that you're like the poster person for every single person who like has the same identities or same political yeah. leanings and it's just like that's the part that's like so funny about it is because they get they get like heated in yeah. your comment section and it's like you are one you're still a teenager like, or, like, young person. Like, you're so, like, they think that you have so much, like, what? Anyways, it's just so funny because they just get so pressed and it's like, you have no bearing over these people's lives.
1: No, exactly. And that's, that's why it's funny to make them mad because it's like, I know you're mad. I know you're so fucking bothered by this. And that's what's hilarious because my ability to piss you off just by being correct and, like, just, it's, just like, people are just so deeply allergic to, like, critical thinking and comprehension skills. It's Well, just... that's
0: the other thing, is that they're upset at you saying that you're correct and you feel superior <laughs> for being correct. But on the flip side is the reason why they're upset is because they feel superior about being yeah. correct, but they, they, they haven't done any learning. They haven't done any actual critical thinking or yeah. engaging in things. Stalin, that...
1: murder, 500 trillion people.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, like, uh it, not as bringing me being a Stalin apologist into the second season this is, <laughs> this this is, like is why capitalism you... is keeping me down <laughs> from not best. being on my thought shit is because the system knows that I single handedly am educating people about like Stalin and undoing funny. Stalin propaganda.
1: It's like how last week you were like I'm an Evelyn Hugo apologist but I don't have anything to apologize for so that's you with <laughs> Stalin as well <laughs> No,
0: do, not, do not do this like communicative property of Ele- Evelyn Hugo is Stalin. Evelyn Hugo is Stalin coded. It. Not no more queer
1: coded. No more, more, queer more queer baiting.
0: It's Stalin baiting and Stalin coded.
1: <laughs> I agree. I think that's really smart and intelligent. Yeah.
0: Um. um anyways, that's just that's just like top of the hour uh work we we haven't even gotten into our hot take and yes the rest of the stuff um anyways so our hot take is another one from a listener and we love these we love getting your emails we love Mm reading them sunny checks them more often than i do and they send me screenshots and i literally i'm just like oh this makes me so happy i love reading them so and it also makes it's easier on us because, as you heard, we're both in our employment era, me and my double employment <laughs> era, so please send in more things that you want us to talk about so we don't have to yeah. think. Um. Anyway, so this one is titled, uh, I Care A Lot About The Movie, and it is from our listener Lizzie. Oh, also, I have a little, I don't know, if, oh, okay, they did put their pronouns, she, they. Some of y'all don't put your pronouns, and so we are just they-pilling all of our listeners, but... <laughs> It helps if you um, put your pronouns. Anyway, so ever. yeah, Lizzie said, "Hello, Sunny and Renaissance." Uh, this is a late reaction to the second episode of your podcast. Oh, and they loved it. Huge fan. Okay great thanks so much, um Lizzie. thank you so much I was just trying to I like I don't want other listeners to like have to listen to us read compliments of ourselves but <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh this theme definitely reminded me of I care a lot a Netflix movie that was released a bit ago I have no idea if you have seen it breaking we from have. the email Sonny and I have definitely seen this movie Sunny <laughs> more than too. once like yeah. how many times do you think you saw it I've seen it like at least three times yeah like, you would text me, and you're like, I'm, I'm making more people watch it. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's
1: camp, and I think it's good for us to spread the I Care A Lot agenda. Exactly.
0: I agree. I've probably, well, I've seen it once, but I also made edits of it. Right. Listen, we don't have to get into that. So, <laughs> that adds some. But anyways. Um, so, a few things to note, but this is back to the email a few things to note it was written and directed by a white man and the ending made my blood boil spoiler warning ahead so that's for listeners it was directed by a straight white man so the ending makes sense in that aspect but when you look at what the music or what the movie was projecting it fucking doesn't make sense the ending pissed me the fuck off like what my reading skills right now are so good (laughs) (laughs)
1: um you make this entire no, film just like, about let me, let me get an Oscar for this reading of an email <laughs> exactly uh, the ending oh
0: okay I read that you make this entire film about a woman conning her way through the system to become filthy rich and you kill her in the end what fucking message is that sending the ending completely contradicts the entire movie and it's so infuriating I can't help but think if Marla was a straight man she would have. Well, would she have been killed off i bet fucking not it's almost like the director was projecting some misogynistic fantasy on the couple's story another thing is i was talking to my straight sister about it and she said that the entire time she was wishing for marla's death marla's resilience and strength frustrated her more than the death which i obviously couldn't relate to but that in itself says something again if marla was a white man would she would she be hated less or would this resilience be celebrated i love the podcast so thank oh you, and Lizzie. they went to school with sunny so this is yeah. this is not only a listener but an irl of one of the hosts how exciting
1: yeah i don't think i've ever seen them in real.
0: <laughs> no she said that y'all never interacted mm, but loved your outfits so look at
1: that thank you i'm a style icon for those of you who are not familiar <laughs> with my work in this area <laughs> oh my god no I'm but... with my work
0: okay so let's get into the hot take about I yeah. care a lot I have my own okay well let me just start because I like my relationship with the movie goes back a bit further so the director is Blakeson I wanna I think his professional name is just j like the letter J Blakeson and he I Care A Lot of his sec- is his second movie. And he also... His first movie came out in 2008. And it's called The Disappearance of Alice Creed. And I watched it because... I've mentioned this on my TikTok. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But anyways, Gemma Arterton is in that movie. And I have seen Gemma Arterton's entire filmography.
1: It's a fact that I have gay. seen that movie. We get it. You and, are gay.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm a gay who has the Letterboxd app. And that should be a crime within itself but
1: um when are we criminalizing that, letterboxd that's
0: true it should be like i feel like every letterboxd user is on some fbi watch list like for sure it should be but um that movie is literally insane and is like it's worse than i care a lot but when i heard <laughs> that i care a lot was coming out and that it was written and directed by the same person me and only um only, like, literally, like, one one of my oomphs, <laughs> one one right. one of my yes. um, uh, had seen the movie, and we were like, this is not going to end well. And in that regard, because I had seen his first movie, I Care A Lot is better than right. the previous one, but if you've only seen I Care A Lot, then it is bad, and the things <laughs> that Lizzie is frustrated with Makes sense to be frustrated with if you go in taking it seriously and watching it like any other movie but since i didn't have that experience i was like
1: you know like the things
0: that they're frustrated at don't frustrate me
1: i think lizzie's frustration with spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie marlo's like sudden death at the end was interesting because i think i probably while watching the movie took more of the side of what lizzie's sister was probably saying where it was like oh this bitch needs to fucking die because like even though she's presented as a protagonist she's definitely not a good person she's a morally great character and not only that but she leans into it she knows that
0: marla right after you said protagonist
1: yeah the protagonist marla grayson is a morally gray character and she leans into it she knows she's not a good person and she doesn't care and that's how all capitalists and ceos and rich people are because that is how the only way you can accumulate that level of wealth and i think that this movie in it's both the shoddy feminism and shoddy class analysis that it tries to present of like Mm -hmm. look at this lesbian Who climbs the corporate ladder by scamming old people into her becoming a super rich? But at the end of the movie, you get to see this misogynist shoot her dead. And it's it's the
0: same misogynist from the first scene in the movie. Exactly. We're going full spoilers. First of all, this movie came out months ago.
1: Second of all, we said spoiler warning, so yeah, no apologies, but I'm. But yeah, no, like I think that on both ends of trying to thematically encompass those ideologies of effeminate like whatever this director was trying to do regarding like quote unquote feminism or fucking you know like anti-capitalism or trying to you know reveal how corporate America screws over people especially people who are vulnerable who you know elderly and disabled people like it's at the end of the day this movie is about a protagonist who is the person fucking everyone over and while yes as viewers we are all socialized to sympathize with male characters much more than female characters when they're protagonists like i think it's interesting because the morality of a main character being brought up in discussions and reflections of it has so much to do with how the audience perceives their like gender right so like um, when you talk about like succession like we know that these characters are morally gray but the fact that they're morally gray um, it's not like in contrast to their identity it is part of their identity as like rich old, rich white people, right? Or, like, when you watch, like, American Psycho or fucking, um, 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 uh, what's the, The Shining? Like, you're watching these white male main characters go insane and also abuse women and, like, relentlessly. But the morality of these characters is not, I feel like, the central discussion of the movie. The movie doesn't punish these characters for their evilness. So I think that the way that in I Care A Lot, Marla is punished for her evilness at the end, despite everything we see her go through, I understand this listener's frustration with that because it definitely is rooted in misogyny and it's rooted in in trying to punish someone uh, for the system that they play into and uphold. Um, but who they choose, who the story chooses to punish in the larger scheme of how stories work, especially within Hollywood, it is. Can you hear me? Shit. Why does my wifi not? Yeah. Oh, is that me?
0: That might've been a me problem. Hmm. Hello? Hello. Did you, did zoom like, did I leave the zoom or did you leave the zoom? You did. Okay. I'm sorry. That must have no, been my Wi Fi. You're good. Um But yeah. You can keep your audio. I think I know the point that you're making. Right, right, though.
1: right.
0: Um even though I heard I I missed out on like the last like maybe thirty, forty five seconds. But um one thing that I was gonna say is the Marla's death at the end being rooted in misogyny and this feeling to punish her evilness oh one thing i was gonna okay two points one i think marla is more presented as like an anti-hero as like a main character that we're supposed to dislike instead of Mm -hmm. necessarily like a classic protagonist in the way that people think of that you're supposed to root Root for for the main character which i think is also partly rooted in misogyny and that there can be not only morally gray but evil characters that are presented as a protagonist like we're supposed to root for their evilness Mm -hmm. instead of watching a story about someone that we're supposed to despise Mm -hmm. in a way that that is also presented for marla and that she's yeah like we're following her but we're also not supposed to like her the movie
1: doesn't fully commit to hating her or like celebrating her and i think like The issue, I mean, like the shows that you enjoy, like Veep and Succession and stuff, the main characters being reprehensible on a moral level is like, it's fundamental to the show and it's nothing Mm -hmm. to be apologized for. And the characters are not punished for Mm that. That's just how they are. Not
0: like, not for anything that's beyond like for comedic value, which I think is, uh, but but, like, that's, that's That's why why I care a lot is is good. And yeah, and I care a lot is not. That yeah exactly. The other thing is that um, that punishment and that rooted in. Also, I'm so sorry if you can hear the clock in the recording. That's just my. We're just gonna hold on. We'll just let it chime out. So the second point that I was <laughs> going to make is Marlowe's death being disproportionately like violent, and her being punished in ways that other male bad characters aren't is also more like the director's i think subconscious internalized misogyny coming out in his like creative creations and how he directed the movie instead of like explicitly the movie having a misogynist or misogynistic ending because in his first movie the disappearance of alice creed the there are so many plot twists in the movie, but that are not necessary. That like have no meaning. Like they're just twists. Like it's like he thought that somehow adding more reveals would make the plot better, which like was not the case mm. at all. You're just like, please stop. Like, right, this, this is too much.
1: You're making this messier. Yeah,
0: and it's like a roller coaster, but like not in a fun, sexy, flirty way. Mm. And there's right. also in that movie there's like a bisexual twist in the plot and so with this movie the two characters being lesbians and like him being a straight male director but having queer characters is also not new like that was in his first movie as well and i think because the first one was set in 2008 one of the like main characters being bisexual and how it shifted the plot is like much more reflective of the times than this being made in 2020 and having lesbians as the main character like it's just like it's very par for the course and the violence against the women in both of the films are just like a staple of his work and it's not in a way of like kind of a Quentin Tarantino love for explicit violence kind of way it's just like that's just where his movies kind of sit but also a through line in both of the movies is that you can't take them seriously if you sit and watch these movies seriously right you will lose your mind it's not going to be enjoyable you're going to be frustrated you're going to wish that things were done differently and I think Rosamund Pike Also, it's really important to I Care A Lot being significantly better than the disappearance of Alice Creed, his first movie, just like the cast and also having a Netflix budget. Very, very instrumental in this movie being better um, and just coming off better. But I think I Care A Lot is much more enjoyable if you are an average evil woman enjoyer such as I, if you are an average... Uh, like morally m- ambiguous milf enjoyer also such as i mm-hmm. Uh, then this movie yeah. is a lot more entertaining like the ending i really right. just believe is like what blakeson would have thought would have just been like shock value at the end and like a cool way right. to have like this secular story because it's the same character from the first scene i don't think it has any weight and that he was like yeah in it's in
1: like that regard. it's like when authors and writers try to make something deep but by, mm-hmm. by doing something that is ultimately so shallow
0: yeah <laughs> i think it's funny and, like, it's funny to see, see it first when that movie happens is, like it's it's trying to like in the way that like i care a lot is like trying to be feminist or trying to have like this political viewpoint and it's ultimately right. like one inconsistent yeah. and too shallow <laughs> That's the same thing with his first movie. He also tries to has have commentary on class system and gender relations, and it is equally, if not more, shallow and inconsistent. (laughs) So, like that's the thing. Yeah, these frustrations are.
1: That makes sense. Yeah,
0: they're they're valid if one if you don't know the director and if you're watching it as a serious movie, I think. Mm-hmm. A way to have a much more enjoyable experience is to not take it that seriously. Just be like
1: That's why I watch it so many yeah. times. Cause it's like so funny yeah. seeing all the little places where you're like, a man wrote that and that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: also, there Especially was like a-
1: her feminism lines. <laughs> yeah. But, She's like, because, yeah. because I have a vagina. It's like, ma'am, calm down. <laughs> I'm gonna need you. To- it also man, just this so is a Wendy's makes
0: sense <laughs> because her Yeah. The like
1: Girl, that's not why they hate you. Well, Come for that reason, Let's it does sense. But
0: also the woman, the main woman victim that we follow, like, doesn't really yeah. make her consistent with the ideology that yeah. she has or yeah. is supposed to have. Um,
1: And it's just a wild... Because she ends up being part of the mafia or whatever. Yeah, some like, random twist like that. It's
0: so... But, I mean, the cast yeah. slays very hard. So...
1: Yeah. I think actually a media equivalent, if you liked I care a lot, or if you thought I care a lot could have been better, that also has a mafia twist at some point, and it also has to do with the morally gray woman. And it also has to do with class and gender relations, but in like a really intelligent way. Mm-hmm. There's this book that was recently released. It's a thriller called Finley Don- Donovan Is Killing It. And I think when I started reading this book, I was talking to Renaissance about it because I was like, this is so fun. Because this, like, single mom in the suburbs this like millennial (laughs) is trying to get by and she's a romance suspense author and like she goes to meet her agent at like a panera and a lady is overhearing her conversation and the conversation sounds really sus because like they're talking about murders and whatever because she writes about people getting murdered in her romance (laughs) books and so then the lady who's overhearing this whole conversation comes by and drops a note being like hey I need you to kill my husband. I'll give you fifty thousand dollars, and this woman, and Finley is like, holy fuck, because she's trying to get money to um, challenge her 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 hubby, her ex hubby, uh, in the court of law because her ex husband literally cheated on her with their real estate agent, and now he is her landlord like, in the house that they bought. And he is now w- together with the real estate agent, three houses down on the same street. And she has to watch their two <laughs> It's a whole, like, custody battle situation. She doesn't have money. She doesn't have any money because she hasn't sold any books in a long time. So it's about her trying to navigate like okay I'm going to I'm killing these people for money but should I but should I oh but I want my I need to keep my kids oh but I'm also I also have these deadlines as an author oh, and then like she just gets sucked deeper and deeper and deeper into this world of like having rich women pay her to kill their husbands for being evil but then like it gets weirdly tied back into like her husband's business and like her own like her cuz she starts writing a detective story based off of the occurrences of her own life Because the things that she's that she's doing in her own life are so wild that it's like, oh, she's just gonna write about it. So it's funny because it's kind of like a book within a book, and like you see the different ways that like she, you know. So I think that and that book like it's camp and it knows it is and it's funny, Mm -hmm. and it knows it is. Yeah. Um. And our main character is supposed to be kind of like just your quirky average mom who gets sucked into murdering people for money, and it's like no, it's actually. No, and she's literally a MILF who is trying to, his, who's murdering people. And then she, like, her nanny gets roped into it, too, because, like, towards the beginning of the book, she's, like, dragging a dead body into her house, and the babysitter just happens to be there because she thought that the house was empty. She's like, ah, uh, fuck. And she has to explain the whole situation, and she's like, okay, I'll help you, but you need to give me half of the money because I need to pay off my student loans. Like, it's, like, shit like that, right? Like, so, anyway, the discussion of, like, the campiness of I Care Lot and the way that it fails in addressing what it tries to talk about within gender relations and also like capitalism and how it screws your average person over, I think Finley Donovan is killing it by oh fuck what's her name, I'm forgetting the author's name, but um that book is like it's a much more fun, funny and well written like version of what this guy was trying to do I think and <laughs> I care a lot in giving us like this thriller but I
0: think I care yeah. a lot anyway. is as camp and as feminist anti-hero as it could be written and directed by who it was like like there's like there's no further like like if this movie was actually going to be sound in its politics and in the way that it's written and how it's portrayed this is not the person it would have been half. Like it like it would have been been a different person and so i think that's also like the other thing is like being frustrated that it's written by a white straight man is, like, this yeah. is literally as far as we're going to get with him making a movie, attempting to have this politics.
1: Yeah. So And that's why I, I just don't care about art made by men mm-hmm. anymore. I never have. But, like, continuously, yeah. I'm just so disappointed by it. I I agree. Um,
0: and so that's it. I hope that f- uh, thoroughly addresses your hot take. Yeah. So, like, you're not wrong, but also just, like, just don't think it's serious. those are just our thoughts um but also your straight sister is kind of like i was not wishing for marla's death i wanted her to just keep screwing people over for the rest of eternity because like it's not real like those people were not real um (laughs) like she's fictional so i'm like yeah sure whatever um i'm like so what if she's like evil to old people she looks hot doing it let her keep going um but you know i love evil women so who's surprised
1: Okay. Really um, but people
0: who take, I think, people who take Marla seriously and think that she's good, red flag. Um, and that's <laughs> the end
1: of that take. So it's like how people who think that Midsummer, the ending of Midsummer, is like a happy ending. It's like maybe you're just a white woman, like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, people who take who think
0: like capitalist white women girl bosses are good. And that's why they're upset yeah. at the ending. Maybe, maybe you need to do some self-reflection. Maybe it's time to look <laughs> inward. Yeah. Speaking exactly. of white woman capitalists that we love and do take seriously, Taylor Swift oh, came yes. out.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she dropped a feature last night.
0: Yeah, and before we Ugh. get into the actual contents of the song and like what it came out, can we just take a moment to say what the fuck is that cover art am i the only one who is not moving
1: not cheering it's so bad it's like, so it's like, bad like what is this it's like
0: they're like hey lana del rey do you still have the pixart app on your phone <laughs> do you mind whipping something up for me um, like that's like Wait, the what? promotional video that she posted on her instagram girl I'm like, what oh, is this? She is such a millennial. It is. I can't stand I, I her. I know she thinks it's fire too. I know she thinks it's <laughs> fucking she... <laughs> Like that's the thing, it's like when she posted it, I'm like, Bestie, I know you think this looks good. And like, no like because you're Taylor Swift. I'm Taylor.
1: so sorry. No I'm... Yeah. Like it's fine because you're Taylor Swift, but it's like if girl. This
0: any other <laughs> if this was any artist who is slightly less famous than taylor swift they would have been roasted so hard for this
1: oh and i'm yes. sure there's like
0: several corners of the internet who dedicate themselves to hating taylor swift are clowning right. this and like i just do not want to be in a position where i have to defend this because i can't yeah what am i supposed to say
1: right i mean you're kind of right sometimes people are mean to taylor swift and i'm like you know maybe you're correct my top like (laughs) literally i'm still getting notifications on tiktok for this
0: because someone oh god uh, a tiktok creator a black tiktok creator was clowning taylor swift for her uh september cover and i'm Uh like Uh i'm a swifty but i'm black first like yeah she should have not have covered that song because it sounds bad like like, it does. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift. Like, you are a white woman. You cannot cover a funk song and, like, make it this acoustic indie track. Like, it's just not going to work. Um And it that oh literally has, like, 3,000 likes on it. And, like, one of my favorite TikTokers liked Jesus. it. Jesus. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, sometimes, like, just because Taylor is Taylor doesn't mean that she is, you know, absolved of criticism and light internet bullying and...
1: Yeah, sometimes your faves do deserve to get bullied. Yeah. And I and I join Exactly.
0: Too. I like as much as I love Taylor Swift, I also love bullying Taylor Swift.
1: But exactly. in a fun. It's like way. bullying your mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, which you also partake in daily. Yeah. We um, loved,
1: we love to bully our our parents. Exactly.
0: So Taylor Swift dropped Have you, you you've listened to it? Yes. I have, have you listened yeah, to the so other to it in the shower. songs that it's like a like a tri- she's only in one but did you listen to the other songs no
1: I don't care about men's music remember exactly
0: Exactly. well the other one is um sung by I don't know this artist so I'm gonna take a crack at the name I think it's Anais if it's if the uh-huh. accent matters it's Anais Anais Mitchell uh huh um but the ghost of Cincinnati is sung by a man and I'm like okay but um right I, I listened to all three just once, and Taylor's is the better of the three. The best,
1: of yeah. Of course. I think Renegade kind of proves to me she's the queen of a pre-chorus. Like, the, that catchy little, oh my god, it gets me every time. It's, it's so good.
0: so good. And I tweeted... I think I tweeted on the podcast account me thinking of how to make this Mm -hmm. about Evelyn Hugo and Celia St. James, (laughs) and the thing is that it is. I did it, but I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to tweet about it because I want everyone else to come to their own conclusions, but Uh the thing, okay, so... If 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 you're still following me on this.
1: Time and times like these. Yeah. Let all your damage damage me. And carry your baggage up my street. And make me your future history. It's time. You've come a long way. Okay. Open the blinds. We're going to get anyway. copies. <laughs> you know.
0: We've we've, for we've me talked about Taylor. It. Taylor so strikes like a motherfucker. Oh she my God. sits yeah, on she does. Like She's a girl a, boss for Like that. an assassin and is waiting for anyone who sings longer or uses longer than three seconds of her music in any context and she strikes it down instantly yeah Yeah. what was I gonna say oh so what do you think Uh, which scene do you think I'm gonna say this song goes to do you have Um, the book memorized like I do (laughs) dude I read it three years ago no way so (laughs) listeners think of the scene that you think I'm gonna say I'll give you a moment oh god okay so this is it this scene fits so well in when evelyn and celia meet for like like they start their relationship again for the last time so like right before they go to spain and all Mm -hmm. that and evelyn goes from she's married to max gerard and she's flying to la to meet with celia again and there's like this whole thing and it's like when she's like, do I take the letters, do I not? And then she goes up to get the letters and then Max is like, what are, he's French. She's like, what are these? That's a terrible French accent. I literally speak French, anyways. And and then, um, but like when Evelyn, there's this moment when Evelyn's like, wait, I just realized I didn't (coughs) book a hotel in LA because I'm just always so used to staying with Celia. Like, do I book a hotel? Do I not? And there's a line in Renegade that like kind of reminds me of like that moment when she's thinking that. And she's like, what if I like, If I book a hotel will Celia think that I don't want to be with her again when I do, but also if I don't book a hotel and she like doesn't want to get back together, then I don't have any place to stay. Of course, if you've read the book, you know what happens. And uh like also just like talking about future but also endings and also like getting back together and like those kinds of themes really remind me of like when they're having that conversation in the restaurant in Los Angeles and then Evelyn's point of view right before then and also what happens in Spain and their relationship afterwards. Anyways, that's where I place Renegade in the Evelyn Hugo Celia St. James timeline. So if you're interested in that, if you've read the book, that's my takes on that. As you can tell, I'm still very thick in this hyperfixation.
1: Very mm, thick.
0: Really? Really? I literally posted more more photos of me reading the book today.
1: Yeah. Girl some people some people get therapy and some people (laughs) do not like no we i really
0: i need to be bullied out of this because that's the only thing that's ever gotten i'm trying to stop talking about hyperfixation i'm trying so
1: hard you really are but the thing is (laughs) is that so
0: many other people encourage me and i'm like no like i post these things for you to
1: stop encouraging me because, like, because... I'm sure you need to tell your stan Twitter friends to tell you to shut the fuck up every single no, time. they...
0: <laughs> they are, like, oh, I'm reading it because of you. And then they like my tweets. And they're, like, oh, my gosh. Like, yes. And then
1: they... They're just... They're enablers. They are. Like, they, they are. keep
0: eating it up. So I'm, like, okay. I made a thread, and it's now kind of what? going, like... It's not a hit-hit tweet. Like, in that it's hit, you know, thousands. But it's, like, in the hundreds of a thread it's making that I the made. It's rounds. Um... Oh I don't want to say it because then I feel like people are going to, like, look for it and then find my stand.
1: I need to go pee.
0: can
1: Yeah, it's not an episode until you go pee. Yeah, but I can't hear you because the headphones, so, um, if you say anything, um, I will not hear okay. you. Okay. Okay, bye. Sunny has left. I'm just going to tell you all, so,
0: also, some of you, not some, I think, like, two Two listeners, follow my stan account and my personal account. And I don't know if you know that I'm the same person. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, like I'm like worried. Because also I like tweet the same things on both of the accounts at the same time. So I'm like, do they think it's a coincidence? Do they know that it's me? Because I've never actually said my stan Twitter handles. Like, what if I'm like just starting to expose myself? And the thing about me and my stan Twitter is like, and the reason why I say it, but I don't like say it, is one is like my private sector of the internet that I really do enjoy. And that's like where I have those friendships. But also it's like, I say things that it's like, it's not that I don't want y'all to see it. It's just that it's like my stand Twitter is like really my echo chamber. And I feel like y'all, Are gonna wanna interact and repeat my takes to me in other contexts, in other situations. And Stan Twitter is really a place where I can just shit post, say my things, say my shit, talk my shit, and not have it repeated back to me in any way that like questions it. Uh, Because everyone there is like on the same page, you know, don't have to preface anything. And uh, so I don't care about people reading it who know me, and more care about people interacting. Sunny's back. They're getting their earbuds situated. Okay.
1: Sunny yes, went pee. And now it's so, time for us to recommend. Yeah,
0: usually means that
1: we're time for recommending. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, since we were talking about morally gray women and MILFs who screw up other people's lives who are also lesbians, mm-hmm that really made me think of this book that I've talked about quite a few times on my booktube channel, or like I'm editing this booktube video right now, um, for my channel. So I'm, it's fresh on my mind. It's called Yellow Jessamine by Caitlin Starling. And it's about, it's set, it's a sci-fi novella and it's set in kind of it's either the distant future or the past. It's kind of unclear, basically. Um, there's a city that is under siege because it is one of the last cities to not be enfolded into the empire. So basically the empire has encroached out and like, you know, enfolded in different cities into its fold. But this one city, it's a port city. It hasn't um, enfolded into it yet. However, it's really close to because it's like a dying city. Like you can tell, you know, the economy is not doing great. And we're following this main character who is a widow because, her father died her all her brothers died and her husband-to-be died and uh because of that she is the only woman on like the board of the city who like owns the city right like people who own the ports and the ships and the companies and you know all and thus talk about like the politics and like where people are moving their money and stuff so at the very beginning of the book we see her at this meeting with all these other people and all these other they're all men besides her they all treat her with a sort of both, like, the respect of her being being mourning, so she's always wearing a veil, uh, like, a black veil, um, respect for her, but also because she's a woman, like, they don't really include her in a lot of things, obviously, um, and because it's, like, a fantasy universe, you, you know, you get the vibes. Basically, at the very beginning of this book, our main character owns a bunch of ships, right, and she learns that some of the ships, this one ship that is coming into the harbor Uh, there is an outbreak of a disease on this ship. And in order to not have that disease spread into the city um, from her, you know, sick sailors, she sends someone out... um, Oh, no. um, She sends someone out to go... Well, okay, she has her own ship burned, so she has her own ship burned, including all the, all the stuff that was on it, as well as, her, her, her own sailors, um, and so that's like what kicks off the story, but basically it gets more and more, crazy because, like all these different things keep happening where there's this like illness that seems to be trying to find her specifically, and. Um, she has a handmaiden who is her bestie and who they are kind of gay for each other. And um, she's like very pure and kind. And in contrast to our ruthless um, main character, and the reason why our main character is especially ruthless is that she actually... Um, she actually like... She brews poisons um, because she has a garden in in her manor that is a poison garden. Or like she's a bunch of different types of herbs. Some for healing, some for like particular ways to kill people, particular ways to de- like decapacitate people. And she has kind of a little bit of a black market going where some of the other women in the city will ask her to give them a little vial of something that can kill their evil husband or whatever. So we find in the we find throughout the book that Um, our main character is involved in some dark things and uh, there's a lot of deception and just gothic vibes and a huge sense of dread and anxiety because our main character is really haunted by the reality of her city and also the fact that this illness is tracking her down in like while climbing throughout the city and she also has many secrets to keep um and she has to protect her, her money, her power, her positioning within society, um, with no one at her side beside her handmaiden and her bestie. Um, that sounds good. So yeah, and sexy. Yeah, it's really good. It's so dark and, like, very vibey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, do you have a second recommendation? Are we going one for one? I only have one so
1: i think i only i think that's the only one okay. i have yeah
0: if i have to be honest i haven't watched anything since i read and now rereading the seven husbands of <laughs> evelyn Diego. i still haven't oh finished the second season of succession i was at 207 and then i started reading the book and then i, I just haven't watched anything partly because well, first it was because I was reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Like, I was like reading like three to five hours a night. I said that, like, I didn't finish it in two nights. I literally finished it in two nights. And then, r- literally right after that, I started working two jobs and I just haven't watched anything because of that. So, this is a bit of a throwback recommendation. But what I'm recommending also kind of in line with Girl Bosses morally questionable we don't really know where her politics lies i am recommending the devil wears prada have you ever seen this movie oh my god you have to have
1: oh i've seen snippets of it
0: you've never like sat down and watched it no okay so i had but still have this movie on dvd it came out in 2006 it was probably at five years old if not like a year later at six seven years old my favorite movie like i watched this movie on loop like constantly as a child which I think like really is a slay for me being an Emily Blunt Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway stan like before the age of 10 Mm. like very cultured of me and I love this movie if you don't know what what it's about like first of all it's been out for like 15 years so keep up but it is about like an Anna Wintour basically Anna Wintour but like different name um who is in head of vogue not vogue and there is this oh we've talked about it before and how Anne hathaway is like literally a size six in the movie and is called fat and also like right oh when we were talking about jennifer's body and how no women in movies are allowed to be fat or ugly and so the characters that they do call fat and ugly are not either of those things in any sense of the word and the way that like we're supposed to believe amanda seyfried is ugly the ugly yeah. friends. we're also supposed to Girl. believe that like Anne Hathaway is far too ugly to be um, with these model types and it's like oh my she's God. like it, it's ridiculous it's just the, the 2000s like the 90s and 2000s in terms of body image is like actually abhorrent and what was allowed to be yeah. said and projected but anyways in Hathaway's like this woman who doesn't care about fashion and doesn't care about how she looks and it's just like I just wear clothes to not be naked kind of thing and then she gets thrusted into this world of high fashion and is taken under the wing of Miranda Priestly played by Meryl Streep brilliantly might I add and she's kind of a foil to Miranda but also to Emily Blunt's character Emily Blunt is 22 years old in this movie which is fucking insane actually it is very apropos that I'm recommending this because it's 15th like movie anniversary was just yesterday or the day before so it yeah anyways um I just remembered that that was not the reason why I'm recommending it so anyways um oh and Stanley Tucci is is in it and I kind of had a mini hit tweet because I said that Stanley Tucci is who james corden thinks he is and like wants to be and that he is a straight man who can successfully play a gay man at every turn Mm -hmm. and specifically as a right hand gay man to a meryl streep character which if you've seen prom Mm -hmm. is supposed to be james corden's role and he just Mm -hmm. he doesn't have that spark whereas like stanley tucci Mm -hmm. you're allowed to queer bait your audience like like we live for Mm -hmm. it we want it um Mm -hmm. anyways so the cast is just amazing the villain is not who you think it is. I'm just going to say it because the movie is mm. literally 15 years old. The boyfriend is the villain, not Miranda Priestley. But, anyways, can't recommend that movie enough. It's camp, it's fun, very girl boss 2000s um, feminism, but you know, it's great. It's just a fun time. Mm. And it's a classic. It is a cinematic classic. So,
1: right. that's my recommendation. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it with my kids. You should. (laughs) I think someone suggested it the other day.
0: Probably gay kid.
1: Mm,
0: Well. Well, aren't they, they're like, they're too, not, not, not to be like, you're too young to not to out. Yeah. Not to out (laughs) a child. Not to, not to push them into something. I mean, you know, it's a movie for the whole family but then again i did watch it as a child and look at me a literal lesbian yeah. so it's yeah. a slippery slope that one it's the gay agenda <laughs> it is meryl streep is the gay meryl streep emily blunt and and hathaway in the same movie about fashion and i wasn't supposed to grow up to be a lesbian okay okay <laughs> anyways oh so God. that's the episode sunny and i are both exhausted sunny is melting on the zoom right now
1: (laughs) i have to do my laundry i have to make tea i have to take my medicine you have to go pee at
0: least a hundred more times (laughs) four more times yeah um so before we head out the episode a couple of uh shopkeep announcements the patreon still not made i know we said last week that we're gonna make a patreon hopefully by this episode It's because we're
1: employed guys it is it's because we're employed. and the employed. thing is, is that
0: <laughs> we need the page like the patreon is supposed to help with the employment yet we are unable to make it because we are both employed so that's yeah. kind of a it's
1: the paradox of Gavis, yeah that's so.
0: a little bit of a snake eating its own tail moment right there but it will get right. made we have well, the first episode was the we have Instagram ideas. live, so that was viewable. Yes. This Zoom is being recorded, so we, for the second season, we're going to be recording our Zooms, and so at a certain tier, I think the first tier, you'll be able to watch mm-hmm. the Zooms. Uh, we yeah. later want to kind of, like, get a way for you guys to have, like, links to the Zoom in a way that you can watch the recordings live mm-hmm. and see all See it in real time and also hear all the bits mm-hmm. that end up getting cut out of episodes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll give you all that information when we end up making the actual like page. <laughs> that shit up. <laughs> right. Which hasn't happened. So if you're looking for that for this week, not there yet. Sorry, babes. And that's really <laughs> it. Follow us on Twitter. If we've been less active. At the Lavender Pod. Yeah, at the Lavender Pod. Me on Twitter at Renaissance. First E is an X. And Sunny at a Sunny Book Nook. A Sunny yep.
1: book and
0: Sunny on Instagram with at Sunny with a camera. Sunny
1: with a camera. And
0: me on Instagram at Renaissance Marie. And that way, you guys are all cut up for as we continue. Um, I need to update a recommendation thread, all that fun stuff. You guys know what the biz is, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's our last little update before we head out. Yes,
1: thank and you so that, much for listening. We're we're heading out. Bye. Bye.